it's curtain season, talent acquisition season, whatever you want to call it. It's that season where the Florida Gators are adding to their team. They're adding high school talent. We're going to talk about some of them with John Garcia, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com. Before getting to today's content with John, just ask you a like, subscribe, comment, review. Let me know how I can improve the show, make it better, make it a better experience for y'all. But now it's time for John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. We are back with Lockdown Gators. Joining me now is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. And we've been talking a lot since John got here about the IMG curse that Florida's been dealing with and Billy Napier incessantly trying to get into IMG Academy and developing that pipeline in the last week was the IFG Academy spring game. And, John, who stood out for you on the offensive side of the ball? Well, a former Gator commitment had the play of the day. Uh, Jarek Gibson, uh, the running back in the class of 2024, uh, started. You know, Stacey Gage was out, uh, so it was kind of all about him from the running back position. And, my goodness, every time we see him, we get more excited about, about his future. And you see why... Um, not only since he decommitted from Florida, just in general, as his profile has risen, more and more programs are in on this kid. I mean, it's, this is going to be a heavyweight battle. But basically, uh, it was it was more of a defense-heavy day, uh, but the one long play belonged to Gibson. It was a screen. He broke a couple of tackles and went about 80 yards, outrunning some big-time defensive backs in the process. And I think with Gibson, when we look at him, you know, you, you like his build. He's right around 200 pounds, and he's probably known a little bit more for being quicker than fast uh, with a good bit of power uh, beyond that quickness as well. But uh, he opened up and showed some legitimate top end speed uh, to take uh, to take that to the house. And I thought that was really interesting. The vision, the instincts, everything else is already present with Gibson. He's a good receiver out of the backfield as well. Uh, so this is kind of the total package at running back. I think if he was a senior in this current class, he'd be rated among the top five or so backs in the class i think that's how talented he has become and that's why it's going to be such a heavyweight battle florida has obviously since uh, recovered from the decommitment he's been back up to campus uh he understands that the gators continue to have him as a priority under billy napier uh but georgia's in there bama's in there and everybody's trying to make a play for gibson so he'll be a fascinating recruit to watch but you know gainesville native he's at img now that curse has been lifted so you got to feel decent about where the Gators currently stand for Gibson, but understandably there's probably a long way to go, but you, you can see why the Gators and everybody else wants this kid, just incredibly talented uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then offensive line play was, was really solid uh, for IMG, particularly on the left side, because you have Kanija Harris and Francis Mahoyaga next to each other. Of course, Harris, the recent Florida Gator commitment, big, wide body, just a leverage monster. There was really no pressure coming from the interior of that IMG Academy defensive line. I'd say he had maybe the best day of the offensive lineman 
at the spring game. Um, nothing flashy. Uh, he protects inside out. He's great at the point of attack. He loves to run block, and he can get to the second level despite being a bigger guy. Uh, so I thought he had a nice, solid day. I think he'll continue to develop an overall game, but certainly when it comes to playing inside, ground and pound, uh, that's right in, in Harris's wheelhouse. And, and then Maui Goa looked really good, too. I mean, he always does one of the top tackles in the class of, of 2023. Now, he did have to go against Samuel Mpemba for quite a bit, another Gator target. And that was really interesting. This is You talk about good on good. Like, that's why you go to IMG, so that if you're Maui Goa, you play against Mpemba and then vice versa. Those guys went at it for maybe 10 to 12 plays. Uh, I would say Maui Goa got the better of Mpemba more times than not. But Sam got him a couple of times off the edge as well. So, um, you know, iron sharpens iron, all the cliches you want there. Both players certainly look like top 100, top five guys at their position, kind of players, both uh, still high on UF uh, as well. So uh, I think, again, it's it's got to feel different for Gators fans to look at, at IMG Academy and, and some of the Gator targets on campus certainly looked the part uh, last week. It it does feel a little weird to to talk about all these guys. Like, yeah, like Florida's in on them. Florida's in on them. When it's like Dan Mullen, it was like, well, Florida. Like we could we could talk to them, but they ain't coming here. It's simple as that. Now it's just like, well, now we feel like a legitimate player with all of the, of these high ranking recruits, and it. it's awesome. But uh, there's one more player that I wanted to ask you about, at least on the offensive side of the ball, and that is Carnell Tate, receiver. I mean. You know, Florida's just trying to add every single person they can there. So where do you kind of stand on Carnell Tate? Yeah, I mean, Carnell's great. I mean, he caught the only other uh, receiving touchdown of the day for IMG Academy. He's arguably the top receiver in the country. Uh, Again, just a great route runner, 6'2", smooth type of wide receiver. Spoke to him after the game or after the, the practice scrimmage, whatever you want to call it. And it looks like he's kind of moving forward and eliminating schools as he does so. Uh, He had an official visit set to Georgia. He has since canceled it. I don't think he's going back up to Florida. In fact, I think he's done with visits. Uh, So it looks like he's going to make a commitment sooner rather than later. Probably not the best news for the Gators. I think Ohio State is is the childhood favorite. They're they're always going to be in the mix. Tennessee is kind of the surging favorite in this recruitment. You know, he's visited a bunch, including an official visit. He was back two weekends ago with Nico Iamaliava, the quarterback commitment to the Vols. Uh, And of the schools he's really looking at, Tennessee's the only one with a quarterback currently committed. So if Tate is going to commit sooner rather than later, you got to feel pretty decent about the Vols' chances when you think of the visits and you think of the fact that he's pretty tight with with Nico as well. Um, So I think if if it's in the next couple weeks, I'd probably predict Tennessee. If it takes a little bit longer, I think other programs can maybe come, come back into it. You know, Notre Dame. Uh, has been mentioned, Georgia, Alabama, Florida uh, at different points, LSU got an official visit. So if it lasts longer than Carnell is expecting, I think that's better news for everybody not named uh, Tennessee or Ohio State. I think those are the two most stable favorites uh, in that recruitment right now. But but look, I mean, Carnell a year ago thought he was about to make a decision and, and then he held off. So it could happen again. And if you're a Gators fan, that's probably the scenario you're rooting for. Yeah, I feel like with every single recruit, it's just like, well, the longer the better, the longer the better, the longer the better for uh, for Florida, and that that's kind of where we're we're doing the same salary cap thing, where we're like just hoping that we can keep kicking it down the line, uh, and and that's kind of the approach with recruiting for the Florida Gators. But we're about to flip to the defensive side of the ball. But quick, a quick word from Built Bar. It's summertime. That means it is time to get that summer body in shape. If you haven't yet, you're already pretty far behind. So get on to it. And the way to get into it. Built 
bar. I'm telling you, coated in 100% chocolate. So it is delicious. Perfect for my sweet tooth. Just 130 calories, just four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes. Reese's in the desk drawer. Kit Kat in the cupboard. Get Built Bar. Get Built Puffs. They are phenomenal. And Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too. So you will never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5. Get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. And we are back now with John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And we, we just spoke about primarily the offensive side of the ball from the IMG Academy spring game last week. But now who stood out to you the most on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, well, look, certainly uh, the corners weren't tested a ton. We mentioned Carnell Tate caught a touchdown uh, on Ellis Robinson. The other one is Desmond Rex, who's maybe the top corner in the country for 2024. Uh, everybody wants him, kind of similar to Jared Gibson or Carnell Tate. I mean, uh, I think right now, Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, a lot of teams feel decent, but Ricks is nowhere close to making a decision. So that's when you kind of put on the back burner. He is every bit as elite as, as we thought. Though, uh, and I thought the edge guys looked really good. Jonathan Eccles, another 2024 pass rusher, looked solid. Um, we mentioned in Pemba. I, I just think the athleticism, I mean, he is, he's a freak. I mean, you know, that, that word is overused, uh, but, but he actually fits what that word is supposed to mean. This is a kid that played tight end behind Jaleel Skinner last year, barely dabbled on defense, although everybody was kind of projecting him on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but he's finally moved over at IMG. And, and again, he's working against maybe the best tackle or offensive lineman overall in the country in, in Francis Maui Goa. And he's having success without a whole lot of technique. I mean, he's beating him with speed. He's beating him with power. Um, just things that you, you ne wouldn't necessarily expect uh, from a guy who's so green at the position. But, you know, when you're 6'5", 240, chiseled, athletic, twitchy, all of that, it, it certainly helps you get after the passer. So I thought the edge guys looked pretty good in, in getting after uh, some of the IMG quarterbacks um, with Jordan Hall. We saw him move around a little bit and I thought that was interesting. Um, he's conventionally a big inside linebacker type. We saw him blitz a lot, rush the passer a lot with some success. So I think that was, that was interesting in his game, a little bit more versatility than maybe we had seen in the past uh, from him. So I think that enhances his three down value, which, you know, in today's college football, you've got to play, on three downs if you're a linebacker prospect. Otherwise, you're, you're coming off the field for a defensive back or a better coverage linebacker. So I thought that was interesting relative to the evaluation there. Florida right in the thick of it for him as well. Uh, so the front seven guys really looked good uh, for IMG. Outside of the long Jarek Gibson screen uh, touchdown, not a whole lot of room uh, for those IMG players to move. So naturally, as, as we say every year this time of year, going into the season, IMG is going to be really good on defense. Uh, a lot of teams will not uh, uh, have an easy time trying to score on those guys. Uh, but, hey, you know, a lot of them are Gators targets now, uh, and they have a legitimate chance with a handful. So that's, like you said, that's uh, it is weird, uh, but it's true in this, in this regard. So certainly good news for Billy Napier and company. But, yeah, I mean, the IMG stars are all over the place, and most of them shined uh, on Thursday. Yeah, and where do you kind of stand on Cameron Landhart? I don't know if he played in, in the game, but I know that he's someone who, I mean, I personally am asked for. He, he came to Florida as a visit. He's a New York kid, so I got to ask about him. 
Didn't see a ton of cam uh, on that day. Uh, my cameras were probably zoomed in. I was, honestly, I was so infatuated with the uh, Mpemba Mauiaga situation. I, I I zoomed in a little tighter than I probably should have, so I missed uh, some of the other guys uh, on the outside or or in the back seven at IMG. Uh, but look, yeah, I mean, uh, once once these kids make some, make moves to IMG, and, and by the way, more are coming uh, for those who don't know how it works in the off season. IMG will add a few more guys, you know, once they make that move to IMG schools like Florida, Florida state, Miami, naturally just start to feel better about where they sit. Uh, and, and Florida is the closest of the three uh, to Bradenton. So I think that just creates a different dynamic. I mean, how many times was a kid not really talking about Florida or any of the schools in the sunshine state, and then they make the move to IMG, and then all of a sudden, oh, the Gators are right in it. I mean, we just talked about a few. Pemba, Maui, Goa. I mean, guys like that, if they don't transfer to IMG, Gators probably aren't squarely in the mix uh, for some of their verbal commitments, um, opposed, as opposed to Florida natives like uh, a Jarek Gibson and some of these others. So when you bring out-of-state guys like Cam down to IMG, it just really increases the chances that they get on campus at Florida primarily. And then obviously it's it's on Florida at that point to stay in the race. So like you said, he's another one that's taken a visit. I think by the end of it, all IMG, you know, blue chip type prospects will have visited Florida. That's certainly a priority for Napier and company. And uh, I don't think that slows down anytime soon. I, I love that so much. Just uh, I still cannot get over the whole trying to actually get a pipeline with IMG instead of, you know, not, not even giving it a go, um, which is, well, yeah, that, that's that's what we dealt with for a while. But we're about to talk about some non-IMG Academy players here. But quick, a first, a quick word from our sponsors. And to wrap up today's show, still here with John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. We're going to talk about some non-IMG players here, uh, which we kind of we kind of found an IMG home here. But now it's time to take a little break away. But uh, there's one player who. Florida recently made his his top list, where, or Florida was on his most recent list, with Grayson Pup Howard. So where, where do you kind of land on him? Yeah, Jacksonville kid uh, who really blew up in 2021, a breakout season, just was all over the field uh, for Andrew Jackson High School. Um, a big old school physical SEC linebacker type, 6'3", 220 or so, really works well downhill, but he's got enough juice and athleticism to play sideline to sideline as well. I think he has the physical tools to become that complete three down linebacker. We talked about a little bit earlier, but uh, on the front end, the upside is, is really about physicality. He's coming downhill. He's striking, you know, old school seek and destroy middle linebacker type that every school still needs in the middle, especially if you're in the sec. And, and certainly that those are the programs at the forefront of Howard's recruitment. Uh, Florida's the only in-state school in the mix. So you certainly like that. Uh, on this Gators podcast. Uh, he's been to campus considerably. Uh, he will return for an official visit at some point, uh, I believe in the month of June. So that's certainly good news to stay in the thick of that race. Uh, now, when it comes to a concerning element from the Florida perspective, is that the school picking up the steam in this recruitment is Georgia. Uh, so another SEC East program, obviously able to sell uh, uh, pretty much anything on the recruiting trail at this point. Glenn Schumann is one of the best linebacker recruiters in the country. He's all over Howard. He was just up there over the weekend. They did a scavenger hunt together. So some outside the box 
recruiting from Kirby Smart and company. That went over well, and it was an unofficial visit, so naturally Howard probably going to visit Georgia at least one more time before all is said and done. Clemson, South Carolina, A&M are, are the other three schools in the mix here. I believe we'll take visits to all five before all is said and done. But that's the thing. Howard is is kind of in no rush. Um, and, and I think that's that's not the worst news uh, for Florida in this conversation. You know, he's, he's a guy who's newer to the scene in terms of collecting scholarship offers and establishing relationships with a lot of these coaches. So I think for the newer staffs, naturally, right? So, you know, Florida in this case in particular, kind of by itself, right? South Carolina, A&M, Clemson, Georgia, all, all more tenured than Billy Napier. Uh, it gives his staff a little bit more time uh, to build that relationship to try to keep uh, Pop Howard within state lines. Uh, and I think that's what it'll probably come down to in the end. Do you stay home and play for the Gators or do you look at the other school that comes to Jacksonville every year for that rivalry game and look to play for the Georgia Bulldogs? And, and I think as time goes on, another thing that could potentially help Florida here is the other targets for Georgia, who of course recruits so nationally and has so much success at that position in particular, those will start coming off the board here. So I do think if, if they start picking up some linebackers, that could be a little bit of good fortune for Florida in the quest to keep uh, Pop Howard home again, especially since he's not trying to commit anytime soon. So uh, you always keep an eye on the Bulldogs if you're a Gators fan, uh, but certainly at linebacker, you're, you're almost rooting for Georgia to get a couple commits, which is, again, weird, which is the theme of the day today. But that's recruiting. It's a business. It's a numbers game. Uh, you know, it's a musical chairs to a degree. Uh, so if, if there's only so many spots and they get occupied, a guy like Howard could be on the outside looking in and that could fall right into UF's lap down the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm still stuck on the scavenger hunt thing. Like, it, it's just so <laughs> weird to me how, how recruiting has gotten where uh, I think it was Shamar James was like, yeah, I was playing Call of Duty with Patrick Tony till like 1 a.m. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, 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 it's just so weird now. But um. Another player who Florida's been in on, and I mean, he pushed his recruitment back, so this might be another situation where uh, Florida's like, hey, the far, the longer you want to take, the better for us. But uh, Derek LeBlanc, what's up with his recruiting? Yeah, so he was originally a part of that trio that was going to commit July 23rd, along with uh, Peyton Kirkland um, as well. But now all of a sudden, you know, he's not ready. You know, he said he needed more time. Um, understandable. I mean, this is a very coveted kid. Uh, from Osceola High School in, in Kissimmee, a pass rusher who probably has the frame to move inside down the line. So anybody who can rush the passer from an inside-out perspective is, is going to be coveted nationally. And that's what it's become for LeBlanc. Uh, Florida has had him on campus, I think, like seven times this year. Uh, but Miami's had him on campus like five times. So it's, it's becoming this pseudo in-state battle uh, between the two new coaching staffs uh, in the big three. But – Oklahoma's involved. Penn State is involved. He's going to take some officials out of state in the month of June to see basically if those two in particular can stay in the race long term. But even so, Brandon, I, I felt like Florida has been in a good spot for a long time with LeBlanc. And I think Miami's becoming that secondary school. So perhaps that's why he needs a little bit more time just to be sure uh, between Napier's uh, you know, group and, and Crystal Ball's group down in, in Coral Gables. Uh, so that could be interesting. You know, I think we all kind of recognized, hey, when Napier took the job at UF and Crystal Ball took the job at Miami, I think we were going to see a lot more Florida versus Miami battles. No disrespect to FSU, but it just feels like there's more buzz and momentum with the two newer coaching staffs 
in the state. So I think Derek LeBlanc will be another one of these heavyweight battles between the two. I think, you know, some of these wide receivers, you know, Andy Jean, uh, Aiden Mizell, uh, maybe Tyler Williams. I think we're going to see a lot of these battles between Napier and Cristobal uh, the rest of the way uh, in this class of, of 2023. Of course, in particular, with the in-state recruits, uh, because both programs, or all three programs, throwing FSU back in the mix, they all want to try to lock down the state, although, you know, it's kind of impossible, but certainly Florida and Miami understand they need to take a step forward, and that's part of the reason why the last two coaches there uh, got fired. Yeah, um, I'll I'll just say this, because I know you said no disrespect to Florida State. If you Uh-oh. ever want to disrespect Florida State, you can do that here. <laughs> this, is, this is a safe space for that and that only, apparently. Um, but you kind of mentioned the Peyton Kirkland, Derek LeBlanc group were all going to commit on the same day. And I don't know, I, I get the feel that if, if they're all committing on the same day, that it's a possibility that they all go to the same school. Is that kind of the feel with LeBlanc and Kirkland specifically, since I know that they've both gone to Florida a lot, they've both gone to Miami a lot. Yeah. Malik Bryant was the third that was going to commit with them. Um, yeah, I think if they all said, Hey, 100% fellas, we're going to the same place. I do think that would have been Florida. Uh, but I do also think that each one has been pushed by a different program. Uh, certainly LeBlanc is being pushed by Miami. Bryant is being pushed by Alabama. Where, you know, He finally took his first visit out there. And all of a sudden, it feels like his recruitment has changed. Uh, and then Kirkland, I, I would say Miami and Oklahoma have done a really good job uh, pushing for him uh, to, to maybe cause some pause with his own recruitment. So I do think they could very well end up at three different schools, but if they got back in sync and said, Hey guys, let's just go to one place. I do think that would be, you know, Florida's race to lose as, as we currently sit uh, in the month of May. And look, July 23rd will be here, you know, before you know it, I do still think Bryant um, and Kirkland will make those decisions uh, on that day. Um, So if they both end up at Florida, you certainly think it will help, in, in Florida's chances to lock in LeBlanc down the line. Cause now it's two, you know, close friends, two fellow Orlando area guys that they're very, you know, in, in tune with that are headed to, to Gainesville. So that's going to be fascinating. Big day for Florida, really, no matter how you slice it, July 23rd, circle it on your calendar for sure. Yeah. It, it's circled already. Thank you. John. <laughs> uh, we'll be sure to have you back next week. This is John Garcia, sports Illustrated's director of football recruiting. Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. You can find him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free. Ready to listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen. Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.